MMA correspondent bringing you the MMA main card. As always, let's start with the headlines and the hot takes. There's a new entry for MMA fighters into the boxing realm, and it's Michael Venom Page. And he got in the ring last week under the banner of David Hay and did what Michael Venom Page does not granted he was fighting a two and double digit loss and one fighter so he should have done what he did not granted michael page doesn't box so being in against that level of competition with it being his debut fight makes sense makes a lot of sense but man that boy his striking is Phenomenal, phenomenal. He danced around, did what he does, caught the man with a one-hitter quitter, made the top of his head touch the, his uh, back, and that was it. Stood on the uh, ropes. Ref had to pull him off the ropes, countered the man out, said, you know what, it's over, it's done. Yeah, so that, that was good. And Scott Coker was at the fight. He said if he looked good, didn't get hurt, he didn't get hurt. I don't think he got touched at all. Maybe a little bit, but nothing major. But as long as that happened, he said he would have him headline or tag him to headline the card in Newcastle on December 15th. And all the rumblings have been that that card will pit him versus his mortal enemy in Paul Simtex Daily, the same man who called out MVP after he won his last fight against Lorenz the Monsoon Larkin, called him out. He's been calling him out. He jumped out the ring after he got destroyed by Rory McDonald and act like he wanted to get in MVP's face. Well, MVP said, look, I've been trying to get this fight made. You keep running for me. So let's do this. Put up a shut up. Let's go old school on the street style and or some old wrestling move. Look, I'll put my fight purse up against you when it takes all. Sky Coker said, hey, I'm down for that. Said that on the MMA. I was like, I, I'll do that. I don't have a problem with doing that. That that sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun to me, too. Couple issues, though. Well, not a couple issues. One main issue. Paul Daly is a flake. He's a flake. He keeps saying, oh, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to fight. But whenever he's given the opportunity to fight, he backs out. On top of that, you're telling me that I'm going to fight and possibly not take home any money? Psh, I don't see that happening. Hopefully the fight gets made. Of course, you know, we'll see. It's only, it's less than eight weeks away, which is really not enough time to train for a fight. So, I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen uh, at all, much less this year. 
Hopefully it does, though. Since we're speaking about fighters on that side of the pond, Michael Bisping is preparing uh, to fight next week against George Rush St. Pierre. But before he could get into the fight, the man caught a case. He's got a lawsuit. He tried to get into a fight before the fight. He's supposed to be training and working out at some 24 fitness place and trying to, to punt some young 19-year-old off the weights. It's like, hey, these are my weights, and supposedly choked him. So uh, the young 19-year-old man filed a suit against him. Good for him. Bisping says that it's bogus. Dana White says that it's bogus. I don't trust anything Dana White says. So there very well may be some validity to things. And Bisping will probably set a lot of court on it. Okay, so not only is Bisping getting into fights with little boys at the gym, he's calling Garbrandt a little boy and says he's never paid to see anybody fight that was that small. And he's saying all these things about Garbrandt because on the media call on Wednesday, Cody Garbrandt said, my fight is a main event. And I will tell you this, it's definitely the voices marquee matchup for that fight. I don't want to see Bisping and GSP fight. Honestly, outside of Ariel Hawani, I don't think anybody wants to see that fight. Ariel seems like this, this is the best thing in the world. And I don't. And most people don't. Most people who follow MMA think that this fight is a joke. It shouldn't be happening. If anything, GSP should have been fighting Tyron Woodley. But that's not how things are going. Will GSP make history if he defeats Michael Bisping? Absolutely. Am I hoping that he does this? Yes, because Bisping is a jerk. You don't pick on little kids when you uh, when you are preparing for a fight, Mr. Professional Fighter. Come on, man. Come on, man. And on top of that, using language that you should not use, which goes into something that we'll talk about a little later on in the MMA main card this week. But let's move on to some other business. CM Punk, yes, the man himself, he and his wife say that he wants to fight again. I want to see him fight again. Hopefully he's had enough time now to train because it's been over a year since he fought Mickey Gall. And to my knowledge, he's been training all that time. So hopefully they'll have a better showing this go around. It was rumored that Amanda Nunez and Raquel Pennington would fight on the 219 card on December 30th in Vegas. However, that cannot happen because Raquel Pennington was in an accident and messed up her leg. That card is two months away, and it still doesn't have a headliner. Got some good fights. Got Dominic Cruz fighting Jimmy Rivera. That's a real good fight. And depending on what other matches are made, will probably be the Voices marquee matchup for that main card. But they don't have a main event yet. They've been trying to get Holly Holm and Cyborg made. 
told you about how Cyborg got tested in, uh, where was she? In Thailand a couple weeks back while she was training. Holly Holm has put out some footage saying that she's training, but nothing's been made yet. Holly says she's waiting for a real offer to come through to fight. I don't blame her because Cyborg is really the most dangerous fight in the, in the UFC for anyone who could have a fight. Now, granted, I'm not saying Cyborg fighting uh, a man or anything of that nature, but from for the most part, when you think of the scariest, most dangerous fight in the UFC, it's Cyborg because nobody, no woman out there has been able to stand up to her. No one uh, outside of her first fight in which she lost. Since then, she's been destroying everyone. So much so, there's not even a division that she's got the belt for. They just keep bringing in people to fight her so that she'll have a fight. Because nobody wants to be a 145 because they don't want to mess with Cyborg. So, I don't blame Holly for trying to get paid. Another something that came up, because, again, as I stated, next week, is going to be the card in New York at Madison Square Garden. The New York State Athletic Commission has just introduced instant replay. This is the first athletic commission, to my knowledge, maybe. Uh, oh, Father, who who is that? New Jersey? Maybe they have Instant replay, they're the only other ones I could think of that could possibly have it, but New York's got it, and it can be used at MSG. The ref can just review a fighting in sequence, though, but again, the ref can only review a fight ending sequence after the fight has been stopped, and it has to be done before a decision is read. It's still a step in the right direction, and I hope a lot of other athletic commissions join this movement. Just another little bit of information on the headlines and hot takes before we move into a recap of UFC Fight Night 118. Sam Cecilia is making his Bellator debut on December 1st. And Rich Child, as of late, he has not been playing with these fighters coming into Bellator from UFC. Last week, Gegard Mousasi had to fight former champion Alexander Storm Schlemenko and almost lost. Sam Cecilia is getting the same treatment. He has to fight former champion Marcus Galvo. It's crazy. That's crazy. And honestly, I don't know if Cecilia can pull it off. We'll see. Time will tell. But that's a major, major challenge in your first fight. They are not uh, giving softballs anymore. They are putting these UFC fighters up against their best. Speaking of UFC vets, Alexis Dufresne. We'll be fighting on that card as well against Amber Lybrock. Ah, I told you all, I love fight pass cards because one, they can be really exciting. You get to see a lot of new 
upcoming talent. This is really where they're made. And the pacing is so nice. You don't have all the extra commercials. You can, you know, you can watch it from your device. You know, it's just, just nice. It's very nice. Very nice. And in the main event, Darren Till not only shocked the world by winning, but he got the performance of the night bonus when he knocked out Donald Cerrone. It was beautiful. Till looked like a seasoned veteran. And he said really based on all of his combat experience because he's been fighting Muay Thai since he was 13 years old. So he's been competing in combat sports for nearly 20 years now. So he's got all that experience built up and he put it to work against Cowboy. The whole time he was stalking Cowboy. He was coming forward. He was getting caught with some liver kicks. Cowboy was catching him with those body kicks, but he kept coming forward, kept coming forward, kept hitting him with the the uh, the straight rights, kept coming forward. And he finally just broke him down to the point where Cowboy covered up and he couldn't do anything else. He hit him with a real good uh, right. He'd already broken his nose, but that one just really put a hurt on him. It put me in the mind of Robbie Lawler. And Rory McDonald, when Rory's face was just all bloody and he got caught with the shot and all of a sudden he was like, oh, no, I can't, I can't take this anymore. And just kind of uh, broke down. That's really what happened with Cowboy. Not to that extent, but yeah, Cowboy couldn't take anymore. Now, the voices marquee matchup for that main card, which pitted Jody Escabel against, I got to give her a nickname. I don't think she has one, but... She's got one now, at least from the voice. Carolina Kukovkevich. Oh, man. And she was as cool as the other side of the pillow. Cool as a cucumber. Whatever kind of cliche you want to insert, she was. She just masterfully defeated Jody Escabel. Pitched a shutout in three rounds. Now, the last time she fought, being Carolina Kovacavich, she lost to Claudia Gadelia, who recently said that she's not going to fight again at least until February of next year after her loss to Jessica Andrade. And I'm glad about that because she really took uh, a beating in that fight and she needs some time to rest and recuperate and recover. I really think, and most people are saying, that the next fight for Kovacavich should be against Andrade, and I'm of that mindset as well. Jan Blakowicz also got a performance of the night bonus for his standing rear naked or bulldog, or I think he called it a gangster choke, uh, of Devin Clark. I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty. It was really pretty. Jonathan Wilson lost to Oscar Pashada. Now, the voices marquee matchup on the undercard. There's still another fight on the main card, but we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But my marquee matchup on the undercard was Artem Lobov and Andre Feely, and they delivered. It was a great fight back and forth the whole time. Uh, Artem was not letting up. He wanted 
to win. He did not want to lose, but he was outmatched. Andre Philly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he he put it on him. He put it on Artem bad. So much so that as the fight was over, and then let me not even go there yet. Conor McGregor was acting a plum idiot the whole time. He was running around the whole ring trying to give Artem coaching from outside. He wasn't in his corner. He was not a corner man. He was running around in, in his suit trying to tell Artem what to do. So much so that the ref stopped the fight and said, you got to cut it out. To make matters worse, after the fight was over and they were headed back to the locker room, Conor McGregor dropped a gay slur a couple times regarding Andre Feely, calling them names, calling them names, and it wasn't necessary. He lost. Artem lost, and that's it. It, it was nothing. It shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. I don't care. I know Conor supposedly uh, signed on for uh, same-sex marriage in Ireland, you know, or was uh, a proponent of it. Well, behind closed doors is who people really are. They're blaming it on the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're blaming it on the alcohol the people are. But when no one's around is who you really are. And he showed his true colors. Um, yeah, it just, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Connor's a very articulate, intelligent individual. If you want to throw some shade or you want to say some disparaging things about somebody, be original. You know how to do that. As a matter of fact, that's the reason why Connor's so popular is because of his mouth. Use your mind, man. Use your mind. Don't go for the low-hanging fruit. Anyway, the fight of the night was Damian Stasiak, Poland's own, versus Brian Kelleher. And, man, they were going back and forth the whole fight. First round, they were going at it. Stasiak was throwing all his spinning techniques. I don't know what his nickname is. But it should be spinning, because that's all he was throwing. Spinning back fists, spinning heel kicks, spinning back kicks. I mean, just spinning, spinning, spinning all the time. Thought the man was a top. But Brian Kelleher stayed in there in that first round, even though he was getting caught with those shots. Uh, and towards the end of the fight, start having some success on the ground. Now, fast forward to round two, the tables were turned. Brian Kelleher was now catching Stasiak with, with spinning techniques. Though he tried a couple, but he was catching them and lighting them up on the feet. So much so that Stasiak tried to take Kelleher down to even things out. But Kelleher still had the advantage there. Going into the third round, much of the same. They were still going back and forth. Uh, Stasiak started catching them with some more spinning stuff. To the point where Kelleher was uh, shielding his body against those attacks. But he was lighting him up with his strikes. I mean, every time he hit him, he was hurting the man. Busted up his nose real bad. Hitting him with knees. Just just a fountain of blood coming out of Stasiak's face. 
kept catching him, kept catching him, caught him, dropped him, and then just start wailing on him. Uh, 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 uh. Just schoolyard style. Just just hitting him with the moves. Ha, 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 ha. Till the ref had to call it off. Ref stopped it too late. In my opinion, he took about three shots more than he should have taken. I know he's a uh, in Poland. I know he's at home because I think he was in his home city fighting Stasiak. I know all that's the case, but say the man's mind. Let him fight another day. That was the fight of the night and deservedly so. Now, I put that even though there was another fight, uh, or I should say I put the marking matchup of the undercard above that and talking about it because this fight of the night it helps tie into UFC fight night 119 which is headlined by Lyoto Machida and Derek Brunson the dragon is back and I think the dragon needs to go back to his cave because I truly believe Derek Brunson is going to shut him down however I want to talk more about the voices marquee matchup for the main card and how the fight of the night for UFC 118 ties in. UFC fight night 119 takes place in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The voices marquee matchup for the main card is the curtain jerker, which means the first fight on the main card. It pits Marlon Chito Vera against John Hansa Stone Lineker. John Lineker brings it all the time. The only concern I have about him fighting is that he doesn't always make weight. He used to fight at 125, went up to 135 because he was having problems making weight there. But he's also had problems making weight at 135, which means... You need to get your diet together because that's just ridiculous. You got a whole 10 pounds more than you had before. Should be no problem making weight. Marlon Cheeto Vera, that man is on a three-fight win streak. And guess who he beat last? Brian Kelleher, who just won the fight of the night the week before. Not only is Vera on a three-fight win streak, not only did he beat Brian Kelleher, who helped with making a name for himself last week. But after winning that fight, he won a Pepsi endorsement. He is the face of Pepsi in his home country of Ecuador. And that's phenomenal. He said that all the main streets have huge billboards with his face on it. That's what's up. I'm glad to see fighters winning glad to see them getting endorsements especially in this Reebok age where the endorsement market has dried up so glad to see someone getting paid in the UFC with endorsements outside of the UFC also on this main card we got Damian Maya versus Colby Covington Maya's coming off of a loss to Tyron Woodley for the championship, Kobe Covington is running his mouth a whole lot. He is becoming a typical heel, but in the MMA sphere and not in wrestling. Honestly, 
Well, let me not say honestly, because I try not to uh, tell any tales. But frankly, he's boring. But he wants to talk about everybody else being boring. He is a phenomenal wrestler, Kobe Covington. But all he wants to do is just hold you down on the ground. Who wants to see that? Nobody. Absolutely nobody unless you're going to a wrestling uh, tournament. Nobody wants to see the MMA. But he's supposedly going to bring all of the, of the excitement and everything. And he's going to show everyone how to beat Damian Maya. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to do it and do it in an exciting fashion. Yeah. We'll see how that works. Everyone who tries to do it in an exciting fashion loses. So uh, we'll see what the what the young boy is able to do with Damian Maya. Pedro Munoz is fighting Rob Font. That should be a real, real good scrap jim miller is taking on francisco trinaldo and i'm sorry uh in the previous fight rob font is favorited and he should be he looked phenomenal in his last fight uh he really really has an opportunity to make a name for himself and i i see him doing big things again jim miller the vet is taking on francisco trinaldo uh, Trinaldo is a favorite, and that's understandable. They're in Brazil. He should be the favorite, and especially seeing as he was on a tear uh, before he ran into Kevin Lee, who beat him in Brazil. You know, so we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, Jack Hermanson is taking on Tiago Mahetta Santos, and Santos is a favorite. Now, the voices marquee matchup for the undercard. Of this fight is Vin, uh, Vicente Luque, who last fought and lost to Leon Edwards, taking on Nico Price, who's 10-0 and undefeated, and he is the favorite for that fight. Okay, closing out, we got some boxing news. Anytime it's a big boxing match going on, The Voice is going to talk about it. And this time we've got my man, you know, I'm biased towards Nigerians. I should be uh, unbiased in my coverage, but I can't help it. I love my Nigerian brethren. And Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion, is fighting some no-name that they threw in there after the other no-name got pulled. Uh, Carlos Takam is his name. Um yeah, I, I mean, if Joshua has trouble in this fight, then shame on him because he should be fighting much stiffer competition. Joshua versus Deontay Wilder is the fight to make. And Deontay's calling him out, calling him scared and things of that nature. Joshua doesn't make his own fights. His manager makes his fights. And I believe that's what has everything held up i think they also may be trying to build things up a bit more to get some more fights for both of those fighters to make this a really big fight i really feel like that's it more than anything else but the way that deontay wilder is out talking about joshua it doesn't look good it doesn't look good at all so again if joshua has trouble in this his first title defense since beating klitschko it's not gonna be good it's not going to be good. So hoping uh, for Nigel's sake that Joshua does the thing and we can move forward to bigger and better things. 
To keep up with all things Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, join in the discussion in the fate, the Debate Fuel Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter at Debate Fuel and on IG at Trackstar Sports. New content gets released every day except for on Sunday on anchor.fm forward slash Trackstar Sports. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Google Play. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, bringing you the MMA main card as the Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent. And I'm sounding off. How you doing, bro? It's good to hear from you. You know what? The fight with Musasi and Shlomenko was pretty awesome. Look, you know, take the decision out of it. It was just a really fun fight. It was back and forth. You saw both guys really have to step up for each other, for themselves, and really have a good fight. I mean, that second round, look, on today's show, Kayla has a great argument. She, he did. Musasi went for a lot of stuff, but I just felt like Shlomenko did, just like Jimmy Smith, Smith said. He got some more damage in. He had more time standing up, and I felt like he was active enough. He had a big work rate that I gave him the second round. That was a close round, so if you had it for Musasi, I mean, no arguments. It could have gone either way when you're looking at that second, but I had Shlomenko personally, and we're just moving along. We've got 10 weeks straight of MMA every Saturday, so enjoy the show. Have a great one, boss.